Joe, we did it. We won a playoff game. Atlanta, the city, our club. I can't believe it. I'm in shock. I mean, we've won games before. We've won playoff games. This just this just felt different. Can you, can you hear me, Blake? Can you hear me? <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there it is. My voice came back. It's been a long week. Doesn't sound like it's back. What's up, guys? ATLNs United. This is our 41st episode. I'm ATL Joe. Yeah, I'm Blake the Marshman. We're coming in. We're coming for the cup. We got leg one at home, 25th, 5 p.m. We're a little ways out. We got a holiday in between, but we're going to get you guys ready. We're going to get hyped. We're already hyped. I can't can't believe it, Joe. Let's do this thing. Thank you guys for coming back and listening to another show of ATLNs United. If you would take a few minutes, go give us a five-star rating for your five stripes. And it's coming up on Thanksgiving, and we are very thankful for our listeners. I will say that. Because without you guys, we would just be a couple guys way, 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 way down below Mercedes-Benz Stadium talking to each other. But instead... We get to talk to you, and we appreciate you. So if we can do anything to give back to let you guys know that we're thankful for you, you can also include that in the comments. We love our fans. We love Atlanta United fans. We love the city of Atlanta and its surrounding areas. ITP, OTP, all are welcome. That's all I got, Joe. I just wanted to let everyone know we're thankful for you guys listening, and we're thankful Thankful that we have such a great city and club to support. Would you say we're thankful for all the TPs? All the TPs, including toilet paper. Yeah, thank you, Atlanta. Let's get into the news, guys. And I'm going to say this a couple more times in the show, but just wanted to hit on it at the very beginning. Atlanta United is on international break between now and our leg one of our playoff home game against the Red Bulls. That's going to be on the 25th of November. That's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We're on an international break until then. ATLNs United Podcast is also taking an international break. We're not going to be releasing an episode over the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back to recap leg one and preview leg two midweek after that first leg. But just wanted to let all our listeners know if you guys are expecting an episode on Black Friday or on Thanksgiving Day, I'm sorry to let you down. You guys are going to have to get out and do a little shopping. Or just listen to older episodes again, even though they're irrelevant now very relevant but we do love the listens always always let's talk about what's going on in the news joe we got a wine festival we're not big wine guys on the show but if we run out of beers of the week maybe we could start bringing in some wines potentially in the future a a wine of the month we could do a wine of the month maybe we got uncorked wine festival park tavern right in the heart of midtown right next to piedmont park that's going to be on the 17th Sounds fun. You go in, you drink a lot of wine. Hopefully it's great weather right on the park. Park Tavern, when it rains, they give out dollar beers. When it's sunny, it seems overpriced to me. Regardless, sounds like a fun festival. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with wine, though. Uh, as long as it's red or black or gold, 
or sometimes peach. Those are uh, those are Atlanta United's colors, and I I agree that they should roll out more black wine. Although I think people would be a little hesitant to drink it. I'm not sure how black are we talking. Like just midnight black, can't even see through it. I can go real black. Okay, okay. I've never had black wine, but I've heard uh, I've heard it's something that would be more of an acquired taste. Let's talk about MLS. Because we have talked about Atlanta United all year. We've talked about MLS a lot. There's a chance that the final game at the Benz this year in the MLS is technically not owned by our front office. And that's kind of my little precursor into this. Because MLS Cup tickets went on sale Tuesday, November 13th, depending on when you guys are listening to this, at 9 a.m. for season ticket holders. But technically the event is an MLS run event. So I purchased my ticket. I got my tickets. And in theory, thinking that, you know, if we don't make it, we're refunded. We're not even going to go there because, of course, we're going to make the MLS Cup final. But, wow, I paid over 100 bucks for a supporter section ticket where I averaged like 30 bucks a game the rest of the season. Yeah, Ticketmaster was, is not our friend right now. That, that was not cool. Everyone who is so used to Atlanta United front office being amazing about our tickets and pricing and not charging us the extra service fee, well, we all just had to bend over and take it this time around. It was it was not cool, and we got it from Ticketmaster. We got it from the MLS, and I'm going to use this instead of getting all pissed off and angry about how, wow, these fees and wow, the MLS. Let's go ahead and just... Be thankful, because this is a Thanksgiving episode, Joe. This is our last episode before Thanksgiving. Let's be thankful and give a little golf clap for our front office, because they deserve more than a golf clap. Hey, I'm going to be thankful that if we do what we're supposed to do and we make it to the MLS Cup Final, it's going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's going to be I'm a beautiful for that. I'm, it, I, I can't be more thankful for our stadium, for our front office, for our fan base. You know, who cares? I know that Atlanta United fans went out and secured those tickets, Again, if you guys did purchase tickets, you will get refunded if the unthinkable happens, but it's not going to happen. Let's talk a little bit more about the bins in the news. I'm going to just touch on a few more Atlanta sports segments because, you know, we got a long time till a game. The Cowboys are coming against the Falcons this Sunday, and that's, that's always a big game when the Cowboys come to town because, you know, the Cowboys are supposedly America's team, so the bins will be packed full of Cowboys fans instead of Falcons fans, at least the last time I saw a Cowboys-Falcons game in Atlanta. And it just reminds me of how great our fan base is. I wonder when they're going to start promoting the Falcons games at Atlanta United games, you know, like on the on the big screen, the Halo board, to try mm. to get Atlanta United level of support to the Falcons games. That's a whole other game you're talking about right there. That- I just think Arthur Blank's eventually going to be like, man, I wish I had this atmosphere at my NFL games because our fans aren't in their seats. They might be in the stadium, but they're not in their seats during the Falcons game. I can tell you, a, a, and strong, it's quiet. a strong percentage of Atlanta United supporters are supporting the Falcons. But if, they're, if you're like me, you bought season tickets to Atlanta United and not to the Atlanta Falcons because strictly of ticket pricing. I could afford to buy tickets to Atlanta United. I support both teams very strongly. Maybe a, a slight edge to my my boys, Atlanta United, but I, I really wanted season tickets to both, and it, it had to do with ticket pricing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great, it's a great front office move to 
have our pricing for MLS. I just wonder when they're going to be like, wow, this would make sense for the NFL. They've already adjusted concession prices, been on the front running, you know, honestly, the edge of, wow, no other one is doing this. And we bring in these cheap ticket prices. There's actually a Planet Money NPR podcast about how Atlanta just changed the game with concession prices. What if we change the game with ticket prices in the future? I think Arthur Blank might look at it. Let's talk about one more Atlanta sports team, Braves manager. I know this is close to you. You're the Braves fan out of us two. Tell us about it, Joe. Oh, I'm chopping right now. This just came out this week. Brian Snicker won manager of the year. I want to give him some mad props. Taking a lowly Atlanta Braves team, wasn't supposed to win much this year, and he took them to 90 wins. Very solid. Golf clap. Speaking of managers of the year, apparently it's a popular thing in Atlanta because the one, the only, the departing, Tata Martino has been named MLS Coach of the Year. Woo! Yeah. Stay for another. I don't think he's going to. He's already announced he's departing, but thanks, Tata. Going out on a high note, MLS Coach of the Year, and did you see that TIFO? That TIFO was dope. That was unbelievable. Blake, what are the chances of Tata staying to Atlanta United? Well, He, he hasn't announced what team he's going to. He hasn't. El Tata. It was a fantastic TIFO. It was a statue of Tata. And in Spanish, this is our English translation, obviously, because we're Spanish experts and we translate it. Not all heroes wear capes, but ours does. And had a statue of him wearing his sweater as a cape, as he most famously does. El Tata, there was a video clip that they got of him reacting to seeing the the, the TIFO, and great. he had the best smile on his face ever. He was blushing. He had to walk away from the camera. It was so cute. Tata, don't go. Please don't go, Tata. Tata, come back. Tata, come back. Not Barco. Uh, anyways, Almiron, Martinez, they got named to the best 11 of the MLS for the season. Two years in a row, Miggy, Joseph, both on MLS team of the year. Props to those guys. Miggy's agent came out today, and a little bit of not-so-surprising news said Miggy's definitely going to be playing in the Premier League next year. He just doesn't know where, which as an agent, it's like, okay, that's like saying, you know, you can play for one of 20 teams, we just don't know where. Kind of makes me wonder if maybe nothing's concrete at this point, and obviously the transfer window for the Premier League, it's very short. It's, it's just January. It's it one is. month. So, and, and it, who it, knows? Nothing is concrete. That's what the agent came out to say. He, he said, nothing's concrete. I'm just confident that he'll be in the Premier League. So, he may or may not go. He's about 90%, maybe 99% leaving. But there's still a chance. So, you're saying there's a chance. Let's talk about what we got going on. The biggest news, in my, in my opinion, and in all of Atlanta United fans' opinion, we come in with all this momentum. Sunday, we had a huge turnout in the bins. Broke the MLS playoff record for attendance in a game. The atmosphere was hype. We knocked off New York City. We thought we were done with the New Yorks, but we got to play another one from Jersey coming up on Sunday after Thanksgiving. But we got this international break. And, God, man, this is just bad timing. We got players, four in particular, very crucial players, traveling literally around the world. And I just, I think, I, I'm just nervous about it. I don't think it comes at a great time. I think that we've seen from international breaks in the past that players can get injured. There's jet lag involved. So, Joe, tell me a little bit about what we're going to be missing in terms of 
Well, if you don't watch international soccer, you're not going to keep up with this, but where are players traveling over this next week? Well, first off, with Team USA, Brad Guzan, Guz, he got himself a call-up. And and Nagby was also called with that, but recently it came out. He's got a minor hamstring injury. Way to go, Nagby, to just say, hey, 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 actually, I'm, I'm not going. And then other than that, though, you got three of our... They were DPs last year, one of them Tito not, but Tito and Miggy called up to Paraguay. Then they're going to have to travel all the way to South Africa to go play in, on November 20th, five days before our big game. Other than that, Joseph Martinez was called up for Venezuela. He's got to travel to Japan November 16th. And after that, if he does stay with the team, he's got to go to Qatar. Two very, very long trips, and that one's on November 20th as well. These are games very close to our, our biggest game of the year. And these are three of our biggest players. Tito, who's nursing an injury still, you know, Tito has only played, what, 10 minutes of the playoff action so far? Yeah, and he originally got hurt at Paraguay's last training camp. These international breaks, and when it's not close to a World Cup, it tends to grind my gears. I know you're a big international fan, but it just drives me crazy, especially in the middle of the playoffs. These games mean nothing. They're literally just playing them so the countries can grab a tiny bit of cash. But, man. One caveat I can say with Joseph Martinez, a trend that he's done this season is he's played the first game and he's been released from the team for the second game to come home. And that gives him plenty of time to rest. But the fact is that Miggy and Tito and Martinez, all three have very long plane flights. And that could just take, you know, jet lag is a real thing. Um these guys aren't as old as you and I and and some of our other guys, so they, it doesn't really affect their bodies as much, but it still takes a toll on your body. Yeah, Japan, Qatar, then back to the U.S., that's a lot. Anyways, I'm just hoping that, that we can avoid injuries, and that, that would be huge. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully, the- uh, out of the next couple of days, you get news of all three or at least two of these players coming up with a hypothetical injury, and and then they drop out. Exactly, exactly. Hopefully they're not hurt, Blake, but can you tell me who is hurting? Injury report. Injury, injury. Injury report. All right, all right, injury report. Not a whole lot to report on. I think that we are trending in a great direction. Obviously, we got international break coming up, so... Pending international break. Fingers crossed. Knock on your wooden hammer, Joe. Jeff Lorenowitz did not play in our second leg against New York City when we pulled through. He's questionable, listed on the injury report with a muscular injury. Joe, what is a muscular injury? And how the heck do you come out and say that our player is hurt with a muscular injury? Well, muscular injury could be one of several things, but it all revolves around the muscle in your body. Yeah. Well, do you know how many muscles are in the human body? No, I'm not great at anatomy. Cool. Well, I did learn this. 651 muscles are in the human body. We have pinpointed that Jeff Lorinowitz's injury status could be one of 651 possibilities, which I think... That's all I have to report on, but that's why people turn into the, they turn into the show every week to know the injuries, and I just wanted to let you guys know that your guess is as good as mine. But we have we have pinpointed it 
within a one in 650 chance. You're doing a great job, Blake. Thanks. I try. All right. Uh, Darlington Nagby, not only is he pulled out of the U.S. national team, apparently he has a low-grade left hamstring strain. I don't even know what a low-grade, high-grade, mid-grade. I thought that was low-grade. Does that mean he's like a C? And mid-grade is uh, like a B? No, high-grade is like an A? No, they those for like grass. They grade them that way. Oh, okay. So it's like when you adjust your lawnmower. Yes. You know, you want to go with a low cut or mid cut or high cut. Some would say. Or maybe it's a barber with like the high top, high top fade. Anyways, he's out of the U.S. men's national team. I think he's going to be fine. I think this was precautionary. Apparently, he tweaked his hamstring late in the game against New York City. He's also now our local weatherman. And I don't know if you guys saw this. It's absolutely hysterical. There's been a lot of rain in Atlanta recently. We all know about it. The local news, Fox News, actually interviewed Fox TV here, interviewed Darlington Nagby, seemingly without knowing who he was. It was like they interviewed a couple pedestrians that they had stopped to and talked to at a gas station about the flooding and the flash flooding. And you saw it, Joe. It was hilarious. Yeah, they, they just... Oh, here's our guy, Darlington Nagby. He was out in Cobb County. How did you deal with traffic? Darlington's like, well, the rain's been falling really hard. And he, he spoke very well. He was a great weatherman. But the show goes on, and they have no idea who he is. So that's why I guess a lot of international players might say, hey, guys, come to the MLS. No one's going to know who you are. You don't have to worry about the paparazzi. <laughs> I guess that's one way we can spin it. Maybe. Come to Atlanta. No one knows who you are. Maybe, Blake, next year we're going to add a, a, a new segment to our show. It's going to be weather, and it's going to be sponsored by Darlington Nagby. Where nobody knows your name. Um, okay, I'm done. Uh, we got a couple players that are out that don't matter. Chris McCann's the only one that kind of matters. He, well, then move on, Blake. He let's could go to, be back. Let's he go could to be our, back. Let's talk about, hey. Our typical yellow card accumulation. Okay, yeah. Who's in this trouble is, This here. is fun. This is fun. This is fun. Okay, so we got four players that now have yellow cards in the playoffs. Joseph, Tito, Escobar, Remedy. Wait, that's four. And one more, five, Robinson. Because no one even thought Robinson was going to play. It's hard to include him in yellow card accumulation. Yeah, but then huh? did you see him play and how amazing he came in? He had one sketchy back pass other than that. Played a phenomenal game. So, here's what we got. If we can get through this game without any of those five guys getting a second yellow card, then no matter what happens in terms of yellow cards past that point, they'll be eligible for the final. But, if any of those five players pick up a yellow card in the first leg, they will not be able to play in the second leg at New York on Thursday. Make that New Jersey against the New Jersey Red Bulls on Thursday, and that could be a huge storyline if even two or three of them picked up a yellow in the first leg. So they got to be really careful once again. Joseph, you're a striker. You don't need to pick up yellow cards. Just kick it in the net. Don't kick the ball away. Don't piss off the ref. Don't do anything stupid. He should be fine. Tito, same thing. Escobar and Remedy and Robinson, it's a little bit tougher. Sometimes as a defender, you need to go in hard to stop a breakaway, to make a big challenge. You don't want to play passively. And so to clarify what Blake just said, the first leg is all that counts on this yellow card accumulation. Exactly. You pick up one more, you're out for the second leg. Moving into the second leg, if you pick up a yellow card and it was your second along the way, you're out. You're not out for the final. You're clear. You can go. It wipes away. But if you pick up a red card during that game, it still counts as a red card and you're out for the final. The way that I will say it, at least this first leg can be the leg that, that – 
we're not have to be as aggressive on defense. We can really attack, hopefully, free-flowing game where we come at the Red Bulls, we attack them at our home, and then if we need to sit back and defend in the second leg, hopefully that's the situation. At least then they can pick up a yellow card or go in hard on a challenge without worrying about being out for the final. Enough with all this. Enough with yellow cards. Enough with injuries. Let's talk about that famous night in the bins. And what a night it was again. Another playoff win. That's two in a row, and I love this streak that we're on. Let's keep it, keep it, keep it going. We ready for some more. Wow, man. I I was so incredibly nervous going into this game, and I left so incredibly confident in our in our squad. I was so proud. Yeah, and so coming into the game, we had that one nothing lead. We were feeling strong, but a little bit of, of, of Atlanta had that nervousness. You know, this is Atlanta, and last time we played in Mercedes-Benz in the playoffs, it, something bad happened. But no, we came out very strong. Came out with a lineup just moments before the match, we announced Miles Robinson was going to be in that back line to replace uh, Jeff Lorenowitz, and he had a phenomenal game. I think as a full team, we played so tactically sound. It, it did help the fact that we were up one nothing, and New York had to come out and try to score, and the fact that we were playing on a wide-open Mercedes-Benz pitch really played to our advantage, but we made them pay. And then we got a penalty and a free-kick goal. Penalty is, is is a bit of a luck thing, and it was it was the right call, and we took the took advantage. And then the free kick was something else. And I really want to talk about Miguel Amarone for just a second. A guy taking a free kick, it's clear that he has been practicing. That was a great free kick. Earlier in the year, Miguel Amarone, I thought, was a liability taking the free kicks. He consistently drove the ball over the bar, way out of play. Nobody can make a play on the ball. But it was clear that he had been taking practice at those free kicks and set pieces, and he did not disappoint this time around. Yeah, I mean, looking at the season early on, if you had stacked a goal on top of the goal and then stacked another goal to the left of the goal and put a goal to the right of the goal and then maybe put two more goals in the corner so that you had goals surrounding the goal, a couple of Miggy's free kicks might have gone in. Moving to this game... This was pinpoint. This was Kratz-like. This was a fantastic strike. Let's talk about going into this game, what we had, and what we gained from this game. I think it's clear we missed the link between midfield and our attack, and and that's that's what is going to be a crucial replacement next year if this guy leaves. Miguel Almiron, hats off. This guy played his tail off. I could not have been more impressed with how he links our midfield, especially with Remedy and Nagby in there, because they're so great at winning the ball back and holding possession, but we just missed that cutting edge that, that linked the midfield with the attack. We'll talk a little about it a little more tactically, but man, we missed this guy, and man, that was but, a fantastic free kick. And you're, you're absolutely right. With Miguel Amaron, everyone loves his attacking ability, uh, gets a, a ton of assists. Sometimes we're missing his goals, but the fact of his defensive prowess and he tracks back so far. He truly plays the full field. He can travel all the way back into our own box. And whenever the other team has the ball, they got to watch out for pickpocket Miggy because he will come up behind out of nowhere and steal the ball. He does it numerous, on numerous occasions, turns around, and, and is 
attacking straight away. Yeah, he's a true number 10, number 8 hybrid. He can play box-to-box. Box. This guy can, can break up play. He can defend. But where he really thrives is connecting the midfield with the attack as that attacking midfielder. But, man, he works his tail off, like I said, to get back, track back, and win balls. And while we're talking about it, that was one link to bring back. Another huge bonus in this playoffs has been on that left side with Greg Garza. If you're talking about a high energy, a guy that can go up and down the field, Greg has been an X factor in these playoffs. He really does link the midfield to that left side, that defense all the way up and down the field. He's got that flair. He's got the the touch. Him and the South Americans really know how to play that tiki-taka style mm-hmm. and very fancy, very pretty style of football. Yeah, and and he almost had a goal. He should have had a goal. A lot of people would have argued. I know there was an offsides call on the play, but Garza hit the post uh, using his weak foot, his right foot. So, you know, coming into this game, I, let's just talk a little bit about it. We were nervous, but the energy in the gulch before the game was absolutely electric. And it was electric to the point of fireworks going off. More smoke bombs than I've ever seen. I know uh, Resurgence was launching an incredible amount of pyrotechnics. Footy Mob brought in a tire drum line. Like, the atmosphere before the game was just so hype. That was like, awesome, all that the drum supporters line. groups were doing a fantastic job in the gulch, bringing the hype. It took all the butterflies, all the jitters away, because once you saw how passionate and how confident our fan base was, I, by the time I got in the supporters section for the game, I had that feeling like, oh, okay, we're good. Like, I was nervous the whole day until I got to the gulch. The gulch, the gulch got my confidence level up. And then I saw what transpired on the field, and I was like, ah, this all makes sense. We were confident all along. So just hats off to our supporters is what I wanted to say. Thankful for you guys, too. And one more hat off I want to give to a player is Joseph Martinez. Oh, Joseph Joseph Martinez. Martinez. Which that song, for the record, should only be used for Joseph Martinez, in my opinion. Yeah, well, Joseph gets his penalty kick goal, and then later in the game, finally gets a goal from open play. And that's something that could really spark the fire under him. And maybe he just goes off for a hat trick this next game. What a killer finish it was. I want to say he intentionally did it, but that technique is so difficult. He hit that with the outside of his foot, swerving away from the goalkeeper into the top right corner. That was, dare I say, a sexy finish. It very well was. And the feed from Eric Remedy just to be able to chip the ball over perfectly to him, knowing Joseph was onside because they had a lagging defender on that right side. And Joseph finishes it beautifully. And he is back. He was never gone. He's always been there as Joseph Martinez. Yeah, and a little known fact, Nagby actually also had an assist this game. Britt and I were talking about it up in the stands, our producer Britt. Nagby slipped the ball through to Escobar. And then Escobar had the little cutback where he got fouled, which resulted in the Joseph Martinez penalty by rule and by the stats law. Nagby gets the assist. That was a great through ball by is Nagby that an as MLS well. rule? That is not. That's a full soccer rule. If you play the ball through and the player is taken out for a PK and the PK is scored, then the player that played the pass through gets the assist. Little known fact. So if you didn't guys know that one, then... That's a good tidbit from yours truly, Blake the Marshman. If you don't know, now you know. Atlanta. 
So Atlanta played a very great game, but one thing that that did not happen the second half really we seeded possession and this was one of our lowest games in terms of total possession. Atlanta only had 31% while New York City had 69. Yeah, nice. 69. But uh that that didn't really matter because we kind of gave them the ball. There were spurts in the second half where it was all New York City and we were sitting behind the ball. It it, it got a little better better by the end of the game. But we, we definitely seeded possession and kind of was nerve-wracking towards mid part of that second half. Dare I say we parked the Marta bus? No, I, I don't think you should dare to say that ever. I think I think it's a common term in soccer. You know, you defend, you put all your players behind the ball, you park the bus. What is more famous, not even to Atlanta, since the implosion of the Georgia Dome, which is now the Home Depot backyard, a.k.a the boring backyard for right now. The Marta bus has been famous. I mean, it, it went viral on the internet. So I think any time that we in the future defend for an entire second half like that, like we got it locked down, we're just going to defend. I think, I think we should coin the phrase and I think we should copyright the phrase. Atlanta's parking the Marta. Atlanta's parking the Marta bus. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. You good? I, I just think that's funny. You know, I think that, Marta, Atlanta, parking the Marta bus. That was a good tactic. I liked it, Tata. We'll have to get a catchphrase, parking the Marta bus. Yeah, maybe. Hey, Geiger. Let's talk about Geiger. The the, the guy that everyone is up in the supporters section hurling exp- expletives at. I think you were hurling expletives at him as well, but I'm not sure. It might have just been the people around you. Probably wasn't you. It might have been Batman. Or Bat Joe. Bat Joe. Battle Joe. Joe's wearing a Batman mask to the game, if any of you guys spotted a wild Batman. Yeah, but but Mark Geiger, I thought, called an excellent game. And it may be that he, he learned from the World Cup. You know, he came back to the MLS, and now he knows how to actually ref a game. Or maybe it was that we won. Or it was just he didn't have a, a crucial mistake that decided the game here. He, he was solid. Uh, Mark Geiger, I can't say anything bad about you. You did... Hats off to you, Geiger, and I hope you continue to carry this trend of refing very well. Yeah, like I said, it's a Thanksgiving episode. I'm thankful for the refereeing over these two legs. Thought it was great. I thought I thought they did a great job. There was a lot of ticky-tack, chippy play, and the refs kept it together, didn't give out any red cards. I was impressed. Hats off to you, MLS referees. And who ever thought we would say that? Well, you know what, Blake? I'm excited for moving on and... As we move on, there's something else that I need, and that's a beer. Oh, yeah. Beer of the week! Every week. Every week. Every week, and we're bringing to you a very special beer. It was released last week, and there was plenty of them at the tailgate, and they were just so, so good that we had to feature it this week. Three taverns, rowdier and proudier. Yeah, Joe, you know, I went by the Double ta- IPA. I went by the tap room to pick these up. I also got rowdy and proud, so... Technically, I'm going to have a Rowdy and Proud and a Rowdier and Proudier. I'm just going to go jump straight to Rowdier and Proudier because that's my style. I like it. And I'm going to spike it in. Let's do it. K-T-L. Big shout out to Three Taverns. We know we've uh, featured you guys before as our beer of the week. Great little brewery indicator. They're actually going to be opening up a second location on Memorial Drive here in the future. Was checking it out on Eater the other day. If you guys are ever on Eater and checking out like Atlanta restaurants and Atlanta breweries opening up. Oh, that's solid. 
Gonna Are they going to be over there by the graveyard? Yeah, going to be pretty close by. Going to be near where the uh, Muchacho and Golden Eagle were put on Memorial Drive. I know they're building a new Publix over there, but they're really starting to develop. It all kind of started with Homegrown over there. If you've ever been to Homegrown for breakfast, oh yeah, along Memorial Chicken Drive, biscuits are the best. And uh, really developing that. Eventually, I know the Beltline is going to connect nearby. But Three Taverns, great Atlanta brewery, been a sponsor. I believe for resurgence all year long, but just a sponsor and a fan of Atlanta United coming out with the Rowdy and Proud beer before the season started. This is their playoff edition, Rowdier and Prouder. And tell us a little bit about this beer, Joe, because it, it I is really tasty. think I think it is very much an upgrade from Rowdy and Proud, which was already a good beer. And now it's just adding a little bit more alcohol content, a little bit more fruit. And it's it's got more of that that fruit aroma that I love in my IPAs. And it's still got the strength of a strong kick. So, very well done. On the side, I thought this was funny. So, the first one, I'm holding both. I'm holding Rowdy and Proud and Rowdy and Rowdier and Proudier. Uh, the first one says, Melonberry Citrus Juice Explosion. And the second one, Rowdier and Proudier, says, Melonberrier Citrusier Juicier-er-er. And I guess you could sum all that up to say that it's definitely rowdier and proudier moving on we're gonna keep getting rowdier and proudier let's preview this next round of playoffs and this is the time that we've been waiting for let me set the table for you it's atlanta united versus new york red bull leg one at atlanta mercedes-benz stadium followed by Leg two, New Jersey, Red Bull Arena. Like two turkey legs set on the table for Thanksgiving. And so what what goes on here? Red Bull has the conference finals. They got there by defeating the crew three to one on aggregate. And what what it was was a comeback. They were down one nothing going into their home leg. Like, oh my God, we're we gave up a goal. We can't we have to score. They go out and win 3 nothing in total domination and really stamp their ticket with authority. You could say they could gore, because isn't that what a bull does? They gore the ticket? Yes. I will say they gored the ticket. They gored the ticket? I'm just trying here. It's number one seed versus number two seed. Atlanta United, number two, just seeded the Supporter Shield. To the Red Bull. Don't have to remind us. So this game in this series is all about redemption. Let's prove to them that we are the best team in MLS. This could be the actual championship. I agree. I mean, Bradley Ride Phillips, their best player, literally said in an interview two days ago, the winner of us versus Atlanta will win the MLS Cup. He didn't like say might win or should win. He just said it like a fact. Like, uh, yeah. Whoever wins out of us will win the MLS Cup. He thinks we're better than KC and Portland. Yeah, and you know what? That's a game that we can we can focus on later. Right now, we got to focus on our task at hand, and that is beating New York Red Bulls. Which we've never done. So, yeah, we still have not beaten Red Bulls. All the way back to the very first game, everyone remember, remembers it clear. Yamil Assad scoring that first goal. And then New York Red Bulls coming back in the final 15 minutes to score two and to steal the game from us. Our very first game of existence. What a beautiful night it was. Yamil Assad scores the first one. There's an earthquake 
coming from Bobby Dodd all the way, rattling the kitchen at the varsity. Burgers were flying off of the shelves, and then we choked it away, and we've been cursed against the Rebels ever since. We can't get a win against these guys, and when we have the best ever season in MLS points, they come out and come out with 71 points to top that and take the Supporter Shield from us. These guys and their stupid energy drinks have had our number since we were founded. And it seeds back to we had a chance. We went to New York. We went to Red Bull Arena just about a month ago. And we had our chance to seal the victory. If we beat New York in New York, we could have won the Supporters' Shield. Yet, it was a team without one of their best players in Bradley Wright Phillips, without Tyler Adams, who was on injury. And they came out and still beat us in total domination style. We did not look good. But I will say, I think we've turned a tide coming in. The way we played against New York City was was very solid. So maybe there's a difference there. But I'm just saying, we haven't beat New York Red Bulls, and they came out very strong against Columbus Crew. A couple of players I want to mention, they still are in full health. They got Bradley Wright Phillips, a guy who is responsible of majority of their goals. Another young stud and star. They got Kaku. We're going to have to put a guy on Kaku, kind of like we did with Medina for New York City. We're going to have to shadow Kaku as he he tames the midfield. Yeah, between those two guys, you got 26 goals. You got 22 assists. That's pretty much their production, save for one guy that you haven't mentioned yet, Daniel Royer who stepped up big in this last playoff game against the Crew, scoring two goals. Yeah, he scored two goals in the in their home finisher, the one that got into the championship. Second Roy, turkey leg. Roy is a, is a kind of a guy, he's been up and down this season. He, he disappears at times, and then he comes back into the fold, and he starts scoring. He is someone that you want to keep an eye on, and he can get hot, and hopefully he's not getting hot at the right time. Because he can get hot and start scoring, start assisting, and being there at the right time. But but there's times where he just disappears and, and he just looks like your average MLS player. Yeah, a lot of other great players on their team. they got a couple USA players that are going to be on international break as well. So equal disadvantage, if you will. Tyler Adams, stud. Aaron Long, don't know a lot about him. I know that Kaku's he's going to be away with Paraguay. So hanging out with Miggy and Tito. That would be an interesting side story. You know, Miggy, Tito, Kaku all sharing a locker room days before their showdown in the playoffs. They're going to be sharing a Paraguayan locker room. Uh, and then I know that they also have a Haitian player who's going to be away. Uh, Derek, how do you say his name? Etienne. Etienne Jr. Yeah, and he's been a guy that's come on as of late. He, he was a very high prospect bringing him in in the offseason. They thought well of him, and he really did not provide for them until very late in the season and he scored a couple goals and he's starting getting assists so he's he's got a lot of speed so he's a guy that they're very high on and Blake this is really a, a heavyweight battle we've got going on because of Atlanta United we've got our own heavyweights of our own with we, everyone knows who we have and this is Red Bulls two teams that have scored the most points in MLS history in the same season going head to head so it's it's time. Let's break this down a little bit further in Tata's tactics. El Tata, our hero who wears a sweater cape, hear me out. That was your best managerial performance 
over two games that I have seen since you've been Atlanta United's manager. And he could not have saved it for a better time, Joe. So I am thankful that Tata decided to not leave and just leave Atlanta United in the dust after he announced his departure. But he came out with great tactics, I thought, both legs against NYCFC. Let's give, we it give it up for a Tata. Little golf clap? Uh, even more than a golf clap. I'm going to kind of give it give it a little oomph in there. No, that was solid, Tata. And your job's not over. But let's keep it going. This is now the biggest game in your history. Every game from now on is the biggest game in Atlanta United history, without a doubt. And that's what's so cool about this playoff run. It, it just gets bigger and bigger. No matter what happens Sunday after Thanksgiving in the bins, the next game is going to be even bigger. And if somehow we get through that, which we should, the next game is literally the biggest game of our lives against the, you know, obviously the Western Conference champs. So, so Blake, you got to ask, what do we have to do to win this series? Whew, man. Well, first, game one in Atlanta. That means we're the home team. New York's the road team. We've got to score as many goals as possible. We've got to ride the home crowd. And one of the biggest facts of this game, the biggest facets of this game, is we got to try to keep that clean sheet. Something we've struggled to do. We did, we have done in the past, but we've struggled to do it at home. We've had a lot of three to one, two to one victories. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think I think I'm gonna just disagree a little bit because you came out with two points there that I agree with and I disagree with. I think we have to throw home and away out in terms of our mentality. Now, granted, I would love to get off to a fast-scoring, high-flying start at home and also get a clean sheet. But those tactics coincide a little bit. We saw our team successfully park the Marta bus in the second leg after coming out in the first leg, playing a very compact formation, staying tight, getting the goal we needed, and then making sure we kept them out. I would be happy with a one nothing win at home. I actually think the most important thing in this first leg is to not give up a goal. So I agree with the clean sheet, but I would be happy with 0-0 or a 1-0 win. I don't think we I would love to pile on the goals. I'm just saying if we can keep them from getting an away goal and hold that tiebreaker going into the second leg, we don't have to go play on a baseball field for the second leg. It's like an actual soccer field. It's an actual pitch. So we can still attack there. So I would, I would say our focus should be on our shape. And when I say our shape, that's keeping our formation tight, not giving up any stupid goals, not making any stupid back passes, and keeping them off the scoreboard. That's what I think we should do to win this first leg. So first leg, what I disagree with you completely about, you briefly mentioned a tie game. If we tie this game, I would consider that a loss. We have to go out and win this game and really stake our claim, showing we can beat New York. Clean sheet is a big deal. But if we win 3-1, to one, I'm happy with that. And then we got to go to New York. That's the second part of this whole thing. And in New Jersey, when we play at Red Bull Arena, the big deal is we got to prove to the rest of the world what we proved to our own fan base is that we are the best road team in the MLS. So if we can go ahead and get a win at home, I can go into New Jersey and be confident 
that we can come out with a series win. Yeah, and we'll preview that game before before you guys are done with ATL and United for the season. We will be back previewing the second leg in New Jersey with the New York Red Bulls. But, you know, for this first leg, like I said, Joe, I'm going to stick with my guns. I'll take a 0-0 draw because that means if it was a 1-1 draw in New Jersey for that second leg, guess who goes through? One and only Atlanta United. I say do whatever it takes to get through. Clean sheet's my top priority. Let's talk about lineup shift. What are you seeing this first leg? Well, that really depends. It's really up in the air. We don't know these injuries. Jeff Lorenowitz came out with that muscular injury. One of 650. He's more of a day-to-day type of guy, or is he week-to-week, or is he out for the playoffs? We don't know. And then we got these guys on international break. Can they come back healthy? Is Nagby okay, or is he a weatherman now? Is Tito Vajalba going to be able to crack the starting lineup? We've barely seen any of Tito. He played a little bit on the baseball field, and he had to come out because what I thought, he wasn't over his injury. Yeah, he got subbed in at halftime, and then he got subbed out before the game was over. Yeah. Is Ezekiel Barco going to be able to crack the lineup? He He's shown solid as a sub, and, and honestly, I like him as a sub and, and being maybe the first guy off the bench, depending if, if we need a goal or, or more holding midfield. Yeah, what about Miles Robinson? Miles Robinson came in and played an amazing game. And that's a guy. So you mentioned Miles Robinson. I think we're going to start with the same lineup that we started with at Mercedes Benz this past time around. Wow. We're going to go with that exact same form. So no Tito. No Tito, no Barco. I would love to see Tito, but as things are right now, I don't know what Tito's fitness is. And we'll see if he plays over international break. But if Tito does play, I would like to get him in the game. But as it is, I'm keeping that same lineup, and I'm going to say, Miles Robinson, you've proved that yourself. Yeah, we got to watch out. BWP is dangerous. Bradley, Bradley Wright Phillips for the Red Bulls. Besides Joseph Martinez, in my opinion, this is the second best striker in the MLS without a doubt. These are the two best teams in MLS history. Let's just let this resonate. Joe set the table for us. The two turkey legs, but these are the two best teams in MLS history. And and this game, and these two games, but this first game specifically, is really going to set the tone. Like I said, I would much rather have 0-0 than a 3-2 Atlanta United win. And I know that most fans might not agree with that, but if we give up a bunch of away goals and have a back-and-forth game, I think it could be dangerous so I'm cheering for our defense, I'm cheering for, for solidarity in our formation, and I'm cheering for a Joseph Martinez counterattack or a PK or a couple goals that we can get in our, our end. And Blake, I would much rather have 3 nothing than a 3-2 game. I'm not saying I Fair want enough. them to score goals. Fair I'm enough. saying we need to score as many goals as possible and keep in that clean sheet. Yeah, I think what we see is a return of, I think we see a return of Tito this game personally, bearing that he's healthy. And I think we do see Robinson, admirable performance, great play, but I think we go back to four at the back with Escobar, LGP, Parkey, and Garza, and then we roll out our midfield because I honestly think that if you stick Gressel in the midfield right now, that works. But even if you don't stick Gressel in the midfield, we can still use the talent that we have with Nagby, barring that he's healthy. I think Remedy's had a great postseason, and obviously Miggy back to our midfield, and we're looking pretty sad. And then you're saying 
on the wings, Gresselmania, Tito and Joseph up front. That's what else could you want right I now? I could roll with that lineup. What else could you want right now? I think go back to the 4-3-3. Gressel and Tito, they can play on the left or the right. Even have them swapping if you want. But I think that's our strongest lineup right now. I think Barco's a good impact sub. I don't think he's starting material. Well, Blake, I'm thankful that we have Atlanta United. I'm thankful I have you as my co-host for this podcast. Me too, man. I'm thankful for Britt and Ben as our producers. Great producers. And I'm thankful, most of all, for our friends and our family, the AT aliens that listen to our show. This yeah. has been a wonderful time. I'm going to cheers my beer to you. I'm going to drink all international break for you, our fans, our producers, and our team. Yeah, thank you guys. We couldn't do this without you. We uh, We really have fun putting this together and we hope you guys have fun listening to it or at least we give you a little break from all the all the crap that's going on in the world outside of sports and outside of Atlanta United so thanks for tuning in each and every week love you guys Joe gonna miss everybody it's a long time till our next show I'm already on break drinking my beer loving my fans let's eat some turkey